Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast, where we discuss all things Disneyland Resort and Disney Parks, and a few other Southern California theme parks as well. But today, we're going to be talking all about the 5571 News, with lots of things going down over at the Disneyland Resort. And then, of course, for our Main Street topic today, we're going to be discussing the controversial and very popular thing right now on uh, the Twitters and all over the internet. It's going to be the Avatar experience, which was sort of leaked or not really leaked per se, but discussed by Bob Iger um, multiple times now during earnings calls, during other meetings. So um, there's been a lot of different things coming. There's a D23 article that posted, but we're going to get into that for our Main Street topic. But first... Let's go ahead and get into the 5571 news and talk about the latest theme park news. First up is the Disneyland Resort Extravaganza, which is the Easter egg hunt that happens all across the resort, um, is back already as we're recording this episode and when you're probably listening to it. It started on March 13th and continues through April 9th. Now, for those that don't know, this is going to be an Easter egg hunt that you do self-led. Um, you're going to pick up or purchase a game board, um, which has the clues and a map of the specific area that you're doing the hunt in. Um, with stickers so that once you find the character egg, you can place the sticker on the map to indicate where you found it. Now, it has, I believe, gone up in price this year. It is $9.99 plus tax. And like I mentioned, it is, again, in all three locations, Downtown Disney, Disneyland Park, and Disney California Adventure Park. Um, and each game board can be redeemed for one collectible egg. Um, character egg that matches kind of the ones that you would find in the Easter egg hunt as well. Um, now, as far as picking up these game board locations, there's going to be a lot of different places that do it. There's basically almost every single store location in downtown Disney, Disneyland Park, and Disney California Adventure Park. But if you're looking for main ones, the best one in downtown Disney is probably going to be, of course, World of Disney or the Disney Dress Shop. Those are probably going to be the easiest to get in and out of. Um, over at Disneyland Park, you're going to find it at basically almost every shop on Main Street. So Disneyana, Emporium, 20th Century Music, Showcase, etc. And then for Disney California Adventure Park, you can find it anywhere from Elias and Company, Gone Hollywood and Hollywoodland, um, Russian River Outfitters over by Grizzly River Run. So lots of different places. Now, most importantly, though, are the redemption locations. So this is where you take your board after you've searched and you want to return it for your prize. That's going to be for Downtown Disney at World of Disney or the Pin Trader Store, which is next to the monorail station. And then for Disneyland Park, it's going to be Disney Showcase, which is that last store on Main Street on the right-hand side, the same side as the Mad Hatter and Lincoln attraction. So that very last store on Main Street on the right-hand side if you're looking towards the castle. And then at Disney California Adventure Park, the redemption location is going to be Elias and Company. And again, this goes through April the 9th. So if you want to do that, make sure you head to one of those locations to pick up the game board and then get to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely a lot of fun to share with everyone. Now, each game board only redeems one prize. So if you have more than one kid that's doing it, you can buy one board and have all the kids use that same board when searching for things. But just know that it's only going to be redeeming one prize for that board. Um, so if you want three prizes for, say, three kids doing it, then you're going to want to make sure you purchase three different boards at $9.99 each. Um, 
a there is no discounts i believe on this and there is a limit of six game boards per person next up i wanted to go into refurbishments there's a lot of refurbishments coming and i know a lot of people have their trips planned coming up for spring break and into the summer so um, with those trips coming up through march april and may i wanted to talk about the refurbishments or some of the major ones at least um, that might be something that you're interested in if you are planning an upcoming visit um, but of course right now of course you already know indiana jones is closed and remains closed through spring of 2023, which um, we're almost in at this point. So um, we don't have an opening date for Indiana Jones just yet. Um, and spring does go all the way until June. So we'll have to wait and see what Disney actually releases for that reopening time frame. But of course, next up is going to be Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which is going down for a quick 10-day refurb on April 3rd and will remain closed through April 13th, reopening on the 14th. And then for Matterhorn, its refurbishment starts on April the 17th, just after Big Thunder Mountain, and will remain closed until April 24th, um, opening on the 25th. And then the Disneyland monorail will actually be closing on March 20th and going just three days until March 23rd, reopening on the 24th. And then lastly, of course, we've been talking about it on the past episode and a few episodes here, but Grizzly River Run, since it was so closely tied to San Francisco Square's construction, um, it is still scheduled to reopen on March 17th. As you're listening to this podcast, when it releases on Wednesday, um, it's going to be release, oh, reopening in two short days after that. So it looks like things are on track. I was there in person over the weekend. Water had returned to the bridge and the areas surrounding um, San Francisco Square and the port of San Francisco. So um, the attraction is ready to reopen as far as water is concerned. They just got to do all the testing and make sure everything passes, inspections and all that kind of stuff. So it is scheduled to reopen on March 17th, um, which means that we are going to see some of the front stuff at least being completed really quickly over at San Francisco Square. So we'll continue to monitor that for you guys. Next, we also talked about Disney Vacation Club reservations going live for the villas at the Disneyland Hotel. We talked about that in a past episode as well. Just to confirm for everyone listening again, um, at the time of when this podcast goes live on Wednesday, um, March 15th, Disney Vacation Club members will be able to book reservations at the villas at the Disneyland Hotel for its opening day or kind of around that time frame or the opening season, I guess you could say, starting September 28th. Um, you'll be able to do that by phone only. So Disney Vacation Club members will be able to book reservations at the Villas at the Disneyland Hotel by phone starting March 15th. And then whatever is left for reservations in that opening period, however long they determine that's going to be, March 16th, which is the Thursday after, is going to be for Disneyland Magic Key Holders. Now, for Disney Vacation Club members, you're calling into member services only to make those reservations. You cannot make them on the Disney Vacation Club website or member portal. Um, as far as Disneyland Magic Key Holders for the next day on March 16th, you're only going to be able to make reservations by calling this specific number, and I'll call it out because it's a little bit unique. And this is a Disneyland Hotel-specific phone number, so um, make sure to write this down. If you were interested in booking, that's going to be 714-956-6425. Again, that's 714 
956-6425. That's going to be for the March 16th opening of Disneyland Magic Keyholder Reservations to be booked at the Villas at the Disneyland Hotel. And then lastly, um, the next day after that, March 17th, it's going to be open to book online actually at Disneyland.com slash Villas Disneyland Hotel. So again, that's Disneyland.com slash Villas Disneyland Hotel. And you can book on the website starting March 17th for anything left after that. Like I mentioned in the past episode, this is a Disney Vacation Club tower. So it is exclusive to Disney Vacation Club members first. And then anything left over can be booked by, in this particular order, Magic Key Holders first. And then the general public the next day afterward. So it's going to be for whatever reservations are not booked or not um, reserved for any of the Disney Vacation Club members that hadn't booked it. So it could be none, or it might be just a select few. I would imagine any of the major time periods, or maybe the weekends, would probably get booked up first by Disney Vacation Club members. Things you're going to see open and remaining are probably going to be the more expensive rooms. So those two- and three-bedroom grand villa rooms that are a little bit more on the expensive side. And just my personal opinion, um, right now at the Disneyland Hotel, we're looking at room rates anywhere from five to seven hundred, maybe high six hundreds for um, Disneyland Hotel rooms. All these rooms by default are larger and bigger than those rooms. These are Disney Vacation Club villas. So even the studio configurations include multiple seating or bedding arrangements, excuse me, and either kitchenettes or full-size kitchens. And the kitchenettes do include microwaves and other amenities the regular Disneyland hotel rooms do not include. So you're probably looking at, I would say, a minimum price point of 800 to well over well into the thousands for some of these rooms is my guess um definitely high high thousands for um the three bedroom grand villa and two bedroom villas respectively um the signature suites at the disneyland hotel which are those themed rooms obviously those are highly themed maybe a little bit more on the expensive side than maybe a villa but probably comparable to the size that they are um, those range anywhere from five to seven thousand per night, depending on when you go. So that might be able to give you an idea of what you might expect to see for those two, two or I don't even know how many they have. I think it was two or more uh, three bedroom grand villas over at the Design Hotel. They are multi story. They have multiple balconies. Uh, definitely impressive rooms. We'll love to see um, some inside shots of those when they do let the media go in there and kind of post videos of all that. So again, those were all the different reservation dates. So when you're listening to this podcast, it's already going to be live for Disney Vacation Club members by phone only, March 16th, the next day for Disneyland Magic Key holders. And again, March 17th for the public on the website, disneyland.com slash villas Disneyland Hotel. And lastly, for our 5571 news segment, I wanted to talk about Downtown Disney and the goings-on there in regards to construction. Obviously, we know there's a big transformation underway for Downtown Disney in a lot of specific areas. Um, there's still things that are up in the air in question, like the future of Tortilla Joe's restaurant, what's going on in that big dirt field over by the former ESPN Zone building and Disneyland Hotel, um, when Earl of Sandwich is going to close again to make way for the Portos Bakery that's being reimagined into a space at that location, and also um, when Centrico and Paseo were going to come and replace 
Uva Bar, and Catal Restaurant. So if you hadn't already known, the Catal Restaurant, which is the Mediterranean restaurant located in the middle of downtown Disney, just adjacent to Sprinkles Cupcakes. And then, of course, the beloved Uva Bar, Uva Bar excuse me, which is right in the middle of downtown Disney, across from like the former Wonderground Gallery location, and um, like Black Tap Burgers over there. So those two locations are hand-in-hand. Uva Bar is the bar location for Catal. Both have a Mediterranean style and Mediterranean food offering. And Disney announced last year that they would be closing and replaced by two new Mexican restaurant offerings, Paseo and Centrico. Now, we got a little bit of an insight or potential dates being revealed for when the Catal restaurant and Uva Bar restaurant would be closing. So if these are important locations for you on your weekly, daily, monthly visits to Design Resort, definitely pay attention to this one as you might want to get your last visits in, especially to that Uva Bar location. Now, none of this has been confirmed. I just want to throw that out there. Um, I guess you could technically say it's speculation, um, but it hasn't been confirmed by Disney or by the Patina Group who owns the Catal Restaurant and Uva Bar, but essentially by trying to use their booking system and or the Disneyland app for booking, the Catal Restaurant and Uva Bar locations don't allow reservations past April the 9th. So the speculation that was posted first from what I can see at Disney Food Blog and then a plethora of other Disney blog um, websites was that this was going to be the day that they closed. Now, they did also speak to some of the cast members that worked there, and they sort of hinted that this was also when it was going to be closing. Not too sure why it's being held under wraps at this point. Maybe they're still kind of deciding what day is going to be the last day, or maybe they're trying to keep the information kind of abreast until they have a chance to speak with the employees that work at those locations, because they will be without a job, at least until the restaurant has been completely renovated to its new one. But right now, the speculation is that Sunday, April 9th, 2023, will be the final day for Catal Restaurant and Uva Bar, and they will both be closed starting on April 10th as they get transformed into those new locations. So Centrico will be the new name of the Uva Bar location in the middle of downtown Disney, and then Paseo will be the new um, high-end Mexican restaurant that'll be located where Catal is. Now, the reason why I said Tortilla Joe's is in question is because Patina Group owns currently in downtown Disney the Catal restaurant, Uva Bar, Tortilla Joe's, Napolini, and Naples. So all those locations are owned by the Patina Group. Patina Group has a long history with Disney. They have a ton of restaurants at Walt Disney World as well, too. Um, and of course, they had basically all the restaurants, if you're looking back to the original version of Downtown Disney when it first opened in 2001. Um, But Tortilla Joe's being basically directly across the way from Catal and Uva Bar, it wouldn't make sense to have competing Mexican-style restaurants within the same Downtown Disney, especially if you were the restaurant owner. Um, It would make sense if maybe you were a competitor, but not if you were the same owner, right? You're competing against yourself. Now, you could argue and say that Tortilla Joe's is, you know, more of like a bargain, I guess you could say, um, available option, whereas Paseo and Centrico are really going to be pushing themselves or presenting themselves as more of like an upper-end, high-end, fine dining option, um, especially the Paseo restaurant. So 
but at this time, you know, we were also hinted at by employees at Tortilla Joe's that it would be closing, but we don't have a speculated date for that one yet, other than the cast members that worked there said it would be closing sometime in the summer. Now, again, we haven't been able to have anyone confirm that at Disneyland either, um, so those are all speculative, but at least for Uva Bar and Catal, um, it does line up with that on the website as far as how you can book. And um, websites like Disney Food Blog, etc., have posted that um, as the official date on their website for when it's going to close. So if you do like Uva Bar and you do like Catal, make sure you get those brunch reservations in or you visit the bar before that location so that you can have your final appetizer or cocktail at that location um, and enjoy it before it closes down. And that wraps up our 5571 news segment. So let's head now into our main street topic for the episode. And a lot of people have been wanting to talk about this one or discuss this one. We've discussed this on Mondo's Five Fires uh, Speculation Sunday show. So um, that is the Avatar experience coming to Disneyland Resort. Now, this has changed over just a few short weeks of finding out about it. But essentially, there was a very um, crazy conference call that Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, um, was on. He was, you know, having the difficult job of announcing layoffs, of financial losses, and he also dropped a, a random bombshell that the um, Avatar experience or an Avatar experience would be coming to Disneyland in California. Now, um, it kind of almost was hinted at that it would be like Disneyland Park when he was announcing it during that particular call, um, but nothing specifically was said. And um, just to kind of read a quote from that particular phone call, uh, when he was announcing the plans, he said, James Cameron's Avatar, The Way of Water, which will be one of the most successful films of the quarter, became the fourth biggest film of all time globally, with close to $2.2 billion earned in the box office to date. The global popularity of this film will result in the creation of more opportunities for fans to engage with the franchise. They have been doing so already at Walt Disney World's Pandora, The World of Avatar, as well as in theaters globally. Today, I am so thrilled to announce that we will be bringing an exciting Avatar experience at Disneyland. We will be sharing more details on that very soon. Now, that quote right there is kind of where people got a little um, crazed because they were like, what is this? We don't know what's an Avatar experience. Um, and it was a little bit confusing that they were using the word experience because for those that don't know, there's currently a traveling avatar the experience um that's in singapore right now at the singapore airport and there's also an avatar the experience in shanghai disneyland in their tomorrowland very close to their tron light cycle power run um, roller coaster so both of those um, offerings are very much temporary offerings that are kind of shoehorned into um, different locations. Obviously, the the one in Singapore is in the airport, um, but it, in their beautiful airport, by uh, mind you. Um, and then in Shanghai Disneyland, it's in one of the um, buildings there, um, and they they don't look like temporary um, kind of little exhibits. They are definitely full fledged and uh, have a lot of impressive things in them. As far as exhibits go, there's a lot of interactive things that are hands on. They have 
um, impressive animatronics and puppetry for like the Banshee, a Kron, um, creatures, etc. There's other creatures you can interact with and take photos. It's definitely a very cool experience, a walkthrough experience to see the bioluminescence of the beautiful world of Pandora um, and all those things that you've seen in the movie but haven't been able to experience if maybe you haven't been able to go to Walt Disney World's Pandora, the world of Avatar um, in Animal Kingdom Park there. But um, I think specifically with Bob Iger saying that an exciting, and I quote, bringing an exciting Avatar experience at Disneyland. He didn't say a resort. He didn't say Disney California Adventure. He said Disneyland. Um, But a lot of people refer to Disneyland as the resort in general, and they don't throw the word resort on there. Um, And Bob, that could have been Bob as well, too. But for a lot of you know, websites and other, you know, news blogs that kind of picked up on this, especially some of those movie blogs and things like that. They don't follow theme park news. They don't know like nomenclature as far as like, okay, this is Disneyland. This is Disneyland Resort. And this is Disney California Adventure Park. A lot of times when you see major media outlets and major blogs and things like that report about things at Disneyland Resort, if it is at Disney California Adventure Park, they still say, at Disneyland. So here's the new World of Color show that debuted at Disneyland. Well, in reality, it's at Disney California Adventure Park, but the news and the general public knows it as Disneyland. So with Bob Iger announcing the news, saying that the Avatar experience will be coming soon to Disneyland, didn't really help that. And really... um, indicated that to the general viewer and listener, especially on this type of phone call, that it would be going to Disneyland Park. So this sent all the internet and especially Disney Twitter um, in a you know tizzy to try to figure out where this might go. Of course, initial reactions thought this might go over at the Disneyland Forward earmarked expansion. Um, and for Disneyland Park, that would be the former downtown Disney parking lot, which we just saw get renovated not that long ago. Um, and the additional parking lots attached to the front half of the Disneyland Hotel. Now, this would expand Disneyland Park, if approved, um, beyond the berm and um, from the Splash Mountain Critter Country area into a whole new space. Uh, So people immediately thought, hey, this could be um, the first project potentially for Disneyland Forward. Um, But it was really a vague announcement, and um, people were making, drawing conclusions that since he mentioned Walt Disney World's Pandora, the world of Avatar, in the same sentence, that maybe he was hinting that this is a similar offering, something that would be coming soon to Disneyland um, at the same scale. Um, There were some people that were saying the choice and word usage of the Avatar experience, being as how I just said earlier, that there was a traveling Avatar The Experience at Singapore Airport and also at Shanghai Disneyland, similar offering, um, that we would just be getting something like that, maybe put into the former ESPN Zone building or maybe in Star Wars Launch Bay in Tomorrowland. Um, So those were all potentials. Now, another thing that Bob Iger said in that phone call after he made that bombshell of an announcement was that more details will be shared soon about this new project coming to Disneyland. Um, so we didn't know what that was. We didn't know, Hey, is this going to be an announcement of what this is? Is this going to be like a press release or something like that? Um, but we didn't quite know. Then of course, a few, um, like a week or so later, um, a D 23 article, uh, 
came out titled, uh, well, originally was titled Avatar Way of Water Stars React to News of a Pandora Coming to Disneyland Resort, is what it originally said when it first debuted, um, thanks to some sharp-eyed Twitter users that had pointed that out. Um, And the article itself was essentially um, an article outlining all the different reactions from the stars of Avatar Way of Water and what they thought about um, potentially an Avatar land or experience or whatnot um, coming to Disneyland Resort and what that meant to them. Um, So it was kind of going through all the different um, actors in the movie and how like they were excited about the news that Bob Iger dropped uh, for something like this coming to Disneyland. A lot of them maybe more frequently visiting Disneyland than they would Disney World. Some of them saying, we went to Disney World and loved it and and are going to love having um, a version of that here. Um, there's uh, the actress Trinity Jolie Bliss, who plays Jake and Terry's youngest child, Took. Uh, she said, oh my gosh, Avatar coming to Disneyland. The Valley of Moira is my favorite place to visit whenever I have a chance to go to Walt Disney World. I've always told my friends how amazing it is to be there and how one day they have to experience it for themselves. Now, with Avatar coming to Disneyland, I can take all of my friends and we can experience the world of Avatar together. Now here, she Trinity is making a direct connection with the Pandora world of Avatar and whatever's coming to Disneyland. Um, and Disney published this article. So it went through the legal channels, etc. Although some things did change. Now, originally, um, just like Bob Iger, all these actors only referred to um, the Avatar experience in their quotes, because these are all direct quotes in the article, to Disneyland. They equate, you know, Disneyland as the whole, right? Disneyland Resort to them is just Disneyland. And a lot of people just portray it that way. That's just how people, you know, in the norm, I guess, way you describe it, typically it's just Disneyland, right? So um, all these actors' quotes, actually, um, when the article was posted, had specific addendum to them that added the word resort in an additional extra parentheses quote or brackets quote um, right after Disneyland. So Disney went in specifically Um, and added the word resort in brackets around every single time the word Disneyland was mentioned in these quotes, uh, which weren't originally said by actors. Um, They also did it in regards to Disney World. Like just like Disney, just like Walt Disney World Resort, a lot of people only know or call that Disney World. They don't call it Walt Disney World, which is the official name of the resort, right? So Disney, just like Disneyland Resort added the word resort to the end of it. Um, They added Walt before Disney World to make it Walt Disney World. But this is sort of um, kind of curious. And I guess a lot of people were on Twitter were also pointing this out too. It was like very curious that they were doing this um, because Bob Iger himself in his phone call said just Disneyland and they didn't quote change him or have you know him change it the way he said it he said Disneyland and then all these actors when this article was posted had the word resort added and tacked onto the back of their quotes now 
this could mean, um, if you were just going full speculation here, that because the word resort was added to the back, that it definitely indicates it's not going to be in Disneyland. It's going to be somewhere else on property um, and somewhere in the resort. So this indicates, you know, if they're going out of their way to add the word resort after Disneyland, that they want to make sure when this is referenced later, that um, it's not inside Disneyland. So people are like, oh, I'm going to Disneyland. Where's this Avatar experience? Actually, it's not here. It's in California Adventure. Or actually, it's not here. It's in downtown Disney. Then they would um, be covered with that because it's listed under Disneyland Resort and not Disneyland. So that was an interesting change. People saw that and were kind of reading into it. Like, where could it be? And then people were instantly, again, um, connecting this to Disneyland Forward expansion, but for now, Disney California Adventure Park, especially since if you looked at the original artwork that was released for Disneyland Forward, when they just provided a sample of, hey, this is what could be if this rezoning plan was allowed by the city for all the land that we own. Um, they provided a potential look at if Disneyland had take up all the space that was potentially there for the Disneyland Forward um, rezoning project, um, that they had sample lands there. And definitely um, it was very rudimentary, very kind of like above view look at the map. When you looked at it, you could decipher one of those areas as potentially what looked like Disneyland's own version of the Valley of Moira, so um, its own version of Pandora World of Avatar, I guess you could say. Um, so there were definitely people pointing that out, you know, circling it on the artwork and posting that on Twitter. So first off, of course, people were all assuming this is definitely Disneyland Forward. This is the new project that we're getting for Disneyland Forward. But my only issue with that is that Disneyland Forward isn't necessarily a project. Uh, I've talked about it before on this podcast, on Mondo's uh, Speculation Sunday, and just other videos in general when we were discussing Disneyland Forward. Um, it's just a rezoning. So Disneyland, of course, has parking lots um, surrounding downtown Disney and their Disneyland Resort hotels, and they would like to have the city um, rezone this space or approve a rezoning of this space so that it can be used for future theme park expansion. Currently, Disneyland owns this space already and can build on this land, but can only build things like shopping, dining, additional hotels, um, and parking spaces, which is currently what's there now. Um, but they'd like to rezone this space so that they could use it in the future to expand some of their theme parks beyond the berm, as they would say. Uh, so, you know, they don't want to, at this point, uh, continue to remove or take things away from Disneyland or Disney California Adventure to continue to expand, right? So we're seeing Avengers Campus expand um, into backstage areas, but this means they have to remove those backstage areas that are already there um, to make way for these new e-ticket attractions coming to Avengers Campus. So things like that, right? Um, when we got uh, even Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, right? We lost Big Thunder Ranch. We lost Circle D Ranch where all the horses and stuff were um, housed at Disneyland. We lost a lot of backstage areas. Even the Rivers of America was completely rerouted and shortened um, in and of itself. You know, the, the route of the Mark Twain, the route of the Columbia, everything was rerouted. The train was rerouted all to fit in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um... And so they are wanting to prevent things like this in the future from taking away beloved attractions or things that people like 
and replacing it with something new. They want to be able to expand, right? So Disneyland Forward was supposed to give them the ability to do so within the next 30 years, to give them 30 years or so of expansion um, into the future, right? And this isn't to say when Disneyland Forward is approved that it's just going to be like, hey, okay, let's start building this whole space and fill it all in. This just means, hey, okay, this space is now available to you should you want to expand over here um, in the future, right? And we have some big milestones coming up that Disneyland's going to want to maybe try to compete with, um, you know, competing theme parks like Universal. Of course, 2028 is when Los Angeles is supposed to hold the World Olympics. Uh, You know, this is a big tourist um, draw. It's going to bring a lot of people from different countries into the state of California, which of course in turn is going to bring a lot of tourism revenue uh, for the city and corresponding cities, right? And you might say, well, Los Angeles is kind of far away. It is and obviously, um, you know, something like Universal Studios is going to be a lot closer to the headquarters of that. But keep in mind the last time that Los Angeles hosted the Olympics, um, there were a lot of different events in the Olympics that were hosted in Orange County, specifically the biking events and the long distance running events were held in Orange County, Mission Viejo, um, like forest areas all over that in this Southern Orange County general area, um, instead of up in LA. So, um, there's definitely still a potential that that could be the case again, bringing some of the Olympic guests and tourists down to the areas of Orange County that would be around Disneyland. So, um, definitely an, an interest in Disney to have new things, to have, new expansions be ready and available by 2028 when they host the Olympics to be able to market something like that to the guests and tourists that are coming from all around the world to visit for the Olympics. So these are all things that we can expect from Disneyland Forward if it were approved. But the reason why I was hesitant to talk about this area in regards to the Avatar experience is that Bob Iger made it sound like it was something that was going to be announced soon or that details were going to be shared soon for this. Uh, And Disneyland Forward is really still far off at this point, right? Um, The city or Disneyland Resort and Imaginary or whoever is putting this proposal together hasn't even submitted anything to the city yet. So um, nothing's even been submitted to the city as far as the rules that they would like to follow or um, what they're going to need to do for Disneyland Forward should it get approved and they want to use this space. So nothing's been sent to the city yet. They don't have the final rule book or the final plans of how they'd like to use this space um, to submit for anything to be approved. So that hasn't even happened yet. Let's just say if all things go according to plan, They have something to submit to the city um, by, say, end of year. Um, And then the soonest we see approval maybe is the beginning of the new year in 2024. Um, So should they get approval, right, um, then they could start planning on what they'd like to come into those areas. um, And then moving forward, maybe start construction. You know, at that point, you're already well into 2024 and on your way even closer to 2028. So Is this truly kind of where Disney's going? I don't know. Disneyland Forward seems so far off at this point um, as far as approvals and things go like that. And of course, um, all the rules aren't in play yet. So is it worth Disney spending R&D time, R&D money to research things and speculate lands to go in these particular areas? Um, You know, research with Imagineering what's going to go in these particular areas 
only to then have different rules established where none of this would work. It seems like a waste of time and resources for them. Um, when we've heard the community talk about Disneyland Forward and their plans, they said that they have nothing to share um, on what's actually going in there at this time because they don't know. They don't know the rules that are going to be held in place to them that they have to follow for these spaces. Maybe, um, you know, this is how loud this can be, or here's how tall these buildings can be in this space, or here's how many people will allow in this space at any given time kind of thing. So all these rules that haven't been established yet after the city would approve something like this aren't in play. So it doesn't make sense for Disney to be speculating or blue sky imagining a space for this area that hasn't even have established rules yet. So I, this is why I think it's just not it unless Bob Iger is talking about something that is so far off, which seems weird that they would post all these things about something so far, far away, which potentially it could be. But back to this D23 article here. Sorry, I was rambling rambling a little bit there, um, but I really just don't feel it's going to be in any of the Disneyland Forward spaces. Um, additionally, I talked about earlier in this episode that the Avatar Way of Water title on this was changed from Pandora to Avatar Experience. So again, Disney went back, changed all the Disneylands in the article quotes to Disneyland Resort. And then additionally... Um, changed Pandora in the title to Avatar Experience. So there, there again, um, Disney is specifically calling out the word experience in Avatar Experience. Again, that drives our attention back to um, to something like that's traveling over in the Singapore airport and over at Shanghai Disneyland, which is Avatar The Experience. And you can look that up. You can Google it, Avatar The Experience. You can see what it looks like. Uh, there's a website for it when people are booking things. So... But another bombshell dropped in this D23 article. And by the way, um, I'm going to go ahead and link this article in the show notes just so you could read it so you can see what I'm talking about visually maybe as you're listening to this because it'll really help a lot. But I'm going to go to another quote in the article and it says, while the details on the coming Avatar experience remain under wraps, it promises to be as amazing as those found at Walt Disney World Resort. If you've had a chance to experience Pandora, the world of Avatar at Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, you have a pretty good idea of what Imagineers are capable of, said Disney CEO Robert A. Iger when he announced the plans on February 8th. So the the word choice or the phrase, I guess, that was kind of echoed all over the internet and social media after this was, while details on the coming Avatar experience remain under wraps, it promises to be as amazing as those found at Walt Disney World Resort. So that's paying direct homage again to the Pandora world of Avatar at Walt Disney World. So people were making those correlations. And if for something as big and immersive as that, comparing it to that saying it's going to be as amazing gives the indication that this is maybe the same scale or the same type, or maybe we're reading the same attractions. Disney does love cloning different things, so that's potentially um, what could happen. But I think this really kind of just sent everyone into like major speculation mode, and they're like, what's going to happen? Where is it going? 
Um, as far as me, back to what I was saying, I don't think that this is something that's earmarked for any of the Disneyland forward expansion areas. Now, not saying that um, there wouldn't be some sort of avatar experiences or lands coming to feature Disneyland forward uh, locations, but I don't think it's specifically what he's talking about here. Um, I think we're really far off in regards to Disneyland forward um, becoming anything that's like something that we see in our like current time frame. Um, you know, there's a lot of logistics in play if any of those parking lots need to be used, right? Um, you know, downtown Disney has the Simba parking lot. If that's going to be taken away, there needs to be parking for downtown Disney. Where does that go, right? If anything, we'll start seeing additional parking lots, additional parking um, projects begin first, which then would maybe give us an indication that some of these Disneyland forward spaces might be on the chopping block for future use. But until these areas have their parking figure figured out, I don't expect anything to come to these particular areas for Disneyland forward type of rezoning expansion. It just can't happen, right? Downtown Disney is already reached its max a lot of times for some of the parking that it has. So taking away a parking lot, either partially or entirely, just doesn't seem feasible. Um, so at least in the near future. And same with the parking lots attached to um, downtown Disney. Uh, that's currently used by employees. And like I mentioned, we saw that recently um, just get renovated and redone. And, and that is typically usually very full with employees that work not only in the hotels of the Disney Resort, but also in downtown Disney. So I don't expect any of this space to be utilized anytime soon. Like I mentioned, nothing's even been submitted to the city yet for approval. So um, all the things you see online about Disneyland Forward being this avatar experience, that's, in my opinion, it's not correct. But Again, I don't have any confirmation either. I'm just going based off of, you know, logic and, and putting things together and thinking this is what's probably going to happen. This is kind of why it wouldn't happen, etc. There were some other theories saying that maybe this is going to be earmarked for um, a replacement for Grizzly River Run, the whole Grizzly Peak Recreation Area, Grizzly Peak Airfield, Soren, all the way up to the Little Mermaid Area, the San Francisco Street as an additional um, expansion. And I think that's actually a great idea as well, too. It could fit very well into there. Not sure how that really ties in too, too well with the um, Grand Californian Hotel, uh, as far as carrying on the theming, since the Grizzly Peak area really ties in so well with that hotel. But it's definitely enough space um, and Grizzly River Run takes up so much of that space. And seeing as how it is a beloved attraction and definitely a highly themed attraction, um, it is an attraction that isn't always popular year-round and driving in those crowds, um, maybe in our colder seasons, right? Uh, when the attraction's typically under refurbishment or when it's too cold and you see like five-minute waits because no one wants to get wet. Um, so, you know, bringing in something that maybe brings in a consistency of more crowds all the time, like a flight of passage attraction, um, would be a better fit for this area. And then another thing we saw talked about online was turning the uh, something as simple as the Redwood Creek Challenge Trail over by Grizzly River Run into some sort of walkthrough 
avatar experience. Now, this would be certainly a much smaller scale, but equally not as impressive, in my opinion, not unimpressive. Um, if you've seen what they've been able to do with this space for Oogie Boogie Bash and the Villain's Grove, it can certainly transform, especially at night. So completely transforming this space into some sort of walkthrough Pandora experience where maybe during the day you're walking through you know, what feels like the planet of Pandora. And then at night, the, the space completely transforms into the bioluminescence of the night and becoming what Pandora looks like in the evening. They could add, um, you know, animatronics in there. They could add all sorts of things to really make it an immersive walkthrough experience and really bring life to kind of sort of a dead area that maybe doesn't appeal to all ages, only kids. Um, so that could potentially be as well too what we are seeing speculated online. I personally think that uh, the word choice of experience means that we're going to get something similar to what we're seeing already in the Shanghai or the Shanghai, um, the Singapore airport and Shanghai Disneyland. Um, I, I don't think that obviously those are not as big of an experience as Pandora, the world of Avatar, but they are equally as impressive, right, in their own way. There was uh, lots of different interactive things in there that really kind of drew big crowds. Um, it's definitely a draw and impressive in and of itself. So I think there's a lot of people that were just excited to see maybe we're going to get our own Pandora World of Avatar here at Disneyland. But I just don't see that being the case. I could be totally wrong here, but I'm going down the route where I think something more feasible would be like what I was just talking about at Redwood Creek Challenge Trail and also maybe um, Avatar and Experience coming to like the ESPN zone or um, another kind of location or building maybe over in Hollywood land um, at Disney California Adventure like where the Avengers Superstore is or the other stage at the back by Hollywood Lounge. So there are a lot of potential spaces that could work for some a similar experience like what we're seeing at the Singapore airport. Um, so those are my predictions of kind of what it would be. I know it could be way bigger and I could be completely off base on this one, but I'm keeping my expectations low because I don't, I, I mean, for those that don't know, I'm a massive Avatar fan and uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar at Disney's Animal Kingdom is my favorite theme park land by far. Um, I love this land. It's so immersive and beautiful, of course, created by the mastermind of Joe Rohde. Um, and I definitely would love to see something like that come to Disneyland, but I'm trying to keep expectations low, so I'm not disappointed. <laughs> but what do you think? Let me know um, in a DM, or you can just also share your thoughts on Twitter with me. Um, if you think something bigger or something smaller kind of what my prediction is um, coming for this experience. And again, like I mentioned, I'll go ahead and link that D23 article I've been talking about um, so you can kind of read through it yourself if you haven't done so already. Um, but yeah, that's basically our Main Street topic of the week. I wanted to kind of speculate, talk about what's been rumbling around the internet as far as the Avatar experience coming to Disneyland or Disneyland Resort. Um, and I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. And of course, don't forget, you can also email us at podcast at the 5571.com. Again, podcast at the 5571.com. And of course, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. 
um, whether that's Spotify podcast, Apple podcast, Google podcasts, etc. Um, and you can also um, subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't done that at Just Ask Danny. You can subscribe there. I do try to do weekly videos there um, with some Disneyland Resort updates and other theme park updates. I'm hoping this coming up weekend to go to the Boys and Mary Festival. I wasn't able to go last weekend like I wanted because it got kind of rained out. So I didn't want to head over there and then have the theme park shut down midday, which it ended up doing both times. So um, but I'm hoping to get to Boysenberry Festival so we can talk about that here on the podcast and also show you on YouTube. So if you don't follow me on YouTube yet, subscribe there, Just Ask Danny. And then, of course, you can subscribe to all of my socials. I'll have those linked in the podcast description as well, too. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. And uh, thanks for continuing to listen if you're a returning viewer. And if you're new, well, I hope you stick around. But we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks again.